I don't know why, but I feel like I need to say this. I love y'all. I love you. I don't know why I ain't got nothing to do with my message, but I just felt like somebody needs to hear that. I love you. Lord loves you. Glad you're here. Don't don't ever think that uh, we're not happy that you're here. I hope I hope nobody ever leaves here thinking, well, that they didn't even care if I showed up. I love you. Now let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we just come to you today, Lord. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for what you have done for us, Lord. <clears throat> Lord, you have so good to us. You're so good. To God, I just pray that right now that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts today. That you would um, just open us up in a way we didn't know was possible to hear what you are saying to us. <clears throat> or give us a, a special tenderness to be able to hear your word today. Come and do the work that you want to do and only you can do, Lord. Lord, help us to just get ourselves out of the way. Just let us not be a hindrance to the work of the Holy Spirit in this place today, God. Lord, I pray that even for myself that, that you just remove me from the equation. That you would come, that you would take charge, have your way in the rest of this service and just let everything be done to glorify the name of Jesus Christ, and to lift him high, Father. Lord, forgive us where we failed you. We, we have failed you, Lord. There's so many times in our lives we failed. But God, you have loved us with a love that goes beyond anything we can explain. and You've, you've provided uh, a cleansing forgiveness for our sins. We thank you for that, Lord. Lord, be with us in the rest of this service today. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 7. Y'all, I apologize for the, the cough. I've got all kinds of allergy stuff going on this morning. Um, if, if you don't want to shake my hand or something, I won't have my feelings hurt. I don't think I have anything contagious. But boy, we've heard that before, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't trust any of this stuff anymore oh it's just allergies next thing you know you're in the hospital on a respirator <laughs> so anyway um, I'm pretty sure it's just allergies <clears throat> Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 Jesus himself it's in red it's a good indicator that you need to pay, up, pay attention and listen up Verse 1, it says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly 
to remove the speck from your brother's eye. How many times in your life have y'all heard that passage of Scripture or at least heard, judge not or you'll be judged or you shouldn't judge people. You've heard some variation of some part of this Scripture probably all of your life. Today I want you to look at this Scripture from a personal perspective. I want you to put yourself right in the middle of this. Uh, Yesterday I was mowing. God speaks to me a lot when I'm mowing. I don't know why. It's probably because I can't, you know, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just, you know, on autopilot mowing. And he's like, okay, I got your attention. I'll speak to you. I don't know what I'm going to do when mowing season's over. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, he uses those times, though. And so I'm mowing, and y'all, it's dry outside right now. Have y'all noticed how dusty it is? I'm sure if you drove down the driveway today, if you were standing there and somebody else drove in, you noticed how dusty it is. So I'm mowing, and dust is flying everywhere. And I've got sunglasses on, but yet dust still gets in my eye. And when, when you get a little bit of dirt in your eye, you, you try for a little bit to kind of, you know, get it out of there. You're still driving a lawnmower. It takes both hands on mine. I don't know about yours, but you can't really cruise too well. You've got to have both hands tied to that thing. And so you're, you kind of blink and you try to get it freed up. Before you know it, like, I've just got to stop. I can't keep going because I've got this little bit of dirt in my eye. It, it will just shut you down. And I stopped and I wiped and, and blinked my eyes some more and got it cleared up and felt like, okay, I'm doing pretty good. And I kept rolling and before you know it, it's bothering me again. And, and I haven't went through more dust. It's just the same. I didn't get it all out, okay? So I wiped some more and I see, man, it's just this little bitty speck on my finger. And that is just driving me crazy. And God begins to speak to me in this. And you see, that speck in your eye, it it irritates. And if you leave it, there's several things that happen. Your your eye naturally is going to try to get it out of there. And, you know, your eyes will start watering. It's trying to flush all of that stuff out. But before you know it, uh, you can't see out of that eye because it's, it's just all clouded over. You might even be walking around like this, trying to, trying to still keep doing what you're doing, but you got one eye shut because it's irritated by this little speck that's in your eye. <clears throat> I just had to stop mowing. I had to stop everything I'm doing because of this little speck. So the, the speck limits your vision. And note, look, I, if it weren't for all the other stuff going on, that little bitty speck is not going to stop me from seeing. But it, because it irritates, because it's not supposed to be there, because that is not the way God designed my eye to function, it causes me in, to have an impaired vision. 
the, the speck also distracts me from everything else going on in life. When it gets to that point, y'all, I had to completely stop everything I'm doing. I'm not thinking about anything else going on in my life. I, all I can think about is i got to get this thing out of my eye. And I'll sit there and I'll rub around. And, and you know, I, I've had it so bad before. You had to go get water and try to wash it out. But when that happens, like, I can't just go on with my life. I can't just pretend it never happened and, and just do whatever I want to do and, and be okay. No, I mean, if I try to do that, like I said, I'm going to be walking around, you know, my eyes going to be all closed up and, and everything else. And I imagine if you leave it too long, it would probably, probably start getting red and, and maybe even swell up and it, it could get to a point where it's infected. And, you know, if you wait long enough, you may have to remove the whole thing. Your body's crying out, help, help me, because of this little irritation. There may be more that needs to be cleaned out than just that one little speck. You get one, you feel a little bit of relief, and before long, you're saying, you know what? There's more in there. Y'all, I still, this morning, I have still rubbed my eye and gotten more stuff out. Quit itching your eye, John. <laughs> Is this one of those things where you talk about bugs and people start kind of, everybody's going to start rubbing their eyes? <laughs> still to this morning, I, I'm still getting stuff out of my eye. I know y'all are saying, what in the world does this have to do with anything? So let's go back to this passage of Scripture. And think about what it's trying to tell us. Imagine in real life having a speck of dirt in your eye trying to remove something from someone else's eye. Just a speck. Your eye starts watering up. You can't see clearly. I have to completely stop mowing. Now imagine in that scenario trying to help somebody else get something out of their eye. I can't even see myself. Do you see the, the connection here, the spiritual implications? Je but Jesus didn't say, He didn't just use an example of a speck in your eye. He said you have a plank in your eye. Y'all, and I say this with all seriousness, I know I've kind of been cutting up a little bit, but I believe there are people here today that have tried everything they can to ignore sin that's in their own life. It's, it's there. It's an irritation. It, it's caused you to not be able to see clearly. It's caused you to... It, it's impacted every part of your life because it's such a distraction. You can't see anything else going on in the, the impact of those things because all you can think about is that irritation, that sin that maybe even guilt that you carry, all of that stuff weighs on somebody and it pulls their attention away from what they should be focused on toward this thing. The speck or maybe even a plank is there. But you try to just keep going on in life. Now y'all, imagine, and I know this seems silly, but 
Imagine me getting off the lawnmower that I can't see on and going and getting in my truck and trying to drive down the road. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Anybody here would say, why in the world would you do that? Why wouldn't you stop and go in, go in the house if it's that bad and flush your eye out, right? Before you try to get out there and endanger everybody else around you. But yet we do the same thing with sin all the time. We, 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 we know it's there. It's a constant irritation. That There's a part of us, our spiritual nature, that says, I don't like that. I don't like it being in me. I don't like that being around. But our, our flesh is saying, well, that's not so bad. But our spirit man is constantly distracted, constantly pulled away because of this irritation that's going on in our life. And we choose to somehow just, we're going to just keep living, just going to keep going. It'll be okay. It'll work itself out. Y'all ever had a splinter that worked itself out? Maybe. But maybe not. Most of the time they don't. <laughs> Most of the time you end up having to cut and, and get some tweezers and then put all kinds of ointment and all kinds of other stuff on there. It don't just work itself out usually. Usually it embeds itself and it causes an infection. And, and that is what sin does in our life when we ignore it. We pretend it's not there. We pretend like, oh, well, it's alright, I'll be okay. We, we allow that thing to begin to take root in us and it, it causes an irritation. Before long, it causes an infection. It causes the major damage. You see, infections don't just swell things up, but they cause damage. If you let it go long enough, it can be... Not repairable. That sin will limit your vision, change the way you look at things, because, y'all, when I got a speck of dust in my eye, I become very self-centered. I know that seems silly, right? But I ain't worried about what everybody else is going through. Do you not see what I'm dealing with right here? I've got something in my eye. And you're over there, yeah, I've got struggles in life too. I don't care about your struggles. I've got something going on right now. Now, think about that in, from a sin perspective because it has the same impact. I'm struggling with something over here. I ain't helping somebody else. Don't care about your problems. I've got my own. My irritation is my problem. That's what is important to me. And it begins to distract all the aspects of your life, your family, your friends, your church, your school, everything becomes centered around this sin in your life. And if, it, if it's at that point where you still like this sin in your life, you'll put everything else aside for that. Maybe you've gotten past that and you say, you know what, I don't really like this sin in my life anymore. Uh, I realize it's bad, but now I'm so buried up and I don't know how to get rid of it. Well, that's, that's a horrible place to be. Some people call that, you know, addiction. Some people call it bondage. That's not where we want to be as Christians. We've been set free from the bondage of sin and death. How do we become so ensnared with it again? If you're honest with yourself and God today, 
There may be more to it than just one little speck. Y'all, we, we justify things all the time. We'll look at that little sin in our life and say, oh, it's just, just one little thing. You know, no big deal. That's how I felt about that one little speck I got out yesterday. And then, like I said, this morning I'm still pulling stuff out of my eye. Maybe there's more to it than just that one little thing. That one obvious thing on the surface that looks like it's not that big a deal. Oh, I can easily remove that. Except the thing is, is there's a whole lot more with it. Because that's how the enemy works. When, when he gets a foothold into your life, he likes to open it wider and bring more in with him. You know, that, that's the way sin works. Sin leads to other sin. A little sin leads to a lot of sin. Each one of those things having the potential to get a hold of you and destroy your, your life, your relationships with family, your relationships with God, all of those things. Because you allow that one little speck. Jesus ends this passage by calling us a hypocrite for such behavior. And my Bible has an exclamation point on it. It almost tells me he yelled about it. <laughs> hypocrite! Don't you see how that's hypocritical? He says we should first remove the plank from our own eye. and Then we'll see clearly to remove the speck from my brother's eye. How many times have you read that passage and put the emphasis on removing the speck from somebody else's eye? Y'all, let's not twist what we've... Uh, Let's not twist this when we've come so far, okay? Let's really dig in right now and hear this. Keep that focus right now on you and your sin. Your point of view should be one that says, I have more problems than anyone else around me. I need to get this straightened out. Now, don't, don't confuse what I'm saying. Like, I know you can't fix it. You need God moving in your life to fix it. I'm saying the focus first and foremost needs to be on ourselves. Get the stuff out of your life. And then, then the, we should be able to proceed with a different attitude. Because, like I said, how many times have we heard it and we said, yeah, you know, we're, we shouldn't judge people. Uh, unless we're going to be judged ourselves, but there's always the speck in somebody else's eye. No. Let that change. Once I get the sin in my own life cleaned up and, and I, I'm, I'm moving in a positive direction, a relationship with God, there, there's got to be a heart change in us. That attitude should be one that's of love that says maybe once I have gotten these things cleaned up in my life, I can help my brother or sister because I don't want them to hurt. Instead of having this, this mentality that says, oh, I'm going to go show them where they're going wrong. They need to know.
You know, there's some passages of Scripture in the Word that talk about church discipline. And there's an order given to how church discipline is supposed to be handled. And it says, and the, these are my words, so please don't, don't think I'm trying to misquote here. I may just miss a little bit. But basically it says if you see somebody that's at fault, that's in sin, you should go to them privately and let them know, hey, that, that doesn't look good. Why, why do you do it privately first? Because your intention should never be, I'm going to show them what they're doing wrong. They need to know. No, you go to them privately because the last thing you should want is one of your brothers and sisters in Christ to fall into sin and to not be, uh, uh, not be able to see a way out of it and then, then to be admonished publicly for it before they ever have a chance to, to repent and turn back to the Lord. So if we go to them in love and we, we say, listen, please don't take this the wrong way. I see some things in your life, though, that I'm concerned about. I love you. I want to help you. Do you see this? Do you see that this is wrong? Here's what the Bible says about that. Can I help you? And it goes on to say, obviously, if, if they say, nope, I'm living in sin. I don't care what you say. I like what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it. There's a process. Yeah, there comes a point where you bring it out in public and, and even to the point when they don't repent the second or third time, like, sorry, you're going to have to leave the church. But you notice how far away that is. Because that should never be our motivation is that we want to cut someone off from the body of Christ. And y'all, as I look at this passage of Scripture and I, I think about what God is saying to me through it, I don't know about you, but I know about what He's saying to me. He's saying, he's saying Kevin, there have been times when you had stuff in your life that, that you needed help getting rid of. You, it took time. It took a process. And in the middle of that, the last thing I needed to be doing was trying to tell somebody else about it. When I've got, I'm dealing with this thing right here, I shouldn't be telling somebody else how to get rid of it. Now, after I have went through it, and I have went through that process where God has refined me and, and He's shown me how to put things in my life to keep that thing from coming back in, and I've went through that and I've experienced it, don't you think I can see it a little more clearly? Huh? I know what it looks like. Seen it firsthand. And y'all, if you've ever been through something tough in your life, the last thing you want is for somebody you love to have to go through it too. Huh? Y'all hear me this morning, church? Do you hear what I'm saying? If you've ever, have you ever been through a car wreck and you, you, you were injured, do you ever want somebody else to see that? Have you ever experienced a, a traumatic thing in your life, whether it be the loss of a loved one, or, or maybe you had an addiction that you finally were able to break and get loose from? Do you ever want somebody to go through any of that? If at all possible, no. Don't. If this is something you can avoid, avoid it. 
But once you've been through it, you have that perspective. You can see clearly, and now it's time to move forward with the right sort of attitude, the right kind of heart, the one that says, I love you. I don't want you to deal with this anymore. All because of a little dirt. You know what this really boils down to? Humility. And knowing that I am not any better than anybody else around me. The only good in me is is Jesus Christ. (laughs) The work He's done in me, that's the only good. If I had... If I was left to my own ways, my own devices, I would have messed it up thoroughly. But God moving in my life makes a difference. So when I recognize that, and I see my brother or sister trapped in sin, or or maybe they're not even really trapped yet, but they've got that little speck on them. It ought to change how I interact, how I look at it. Uh, instead of instead of saying being critical, I, I ought to say, "Oh man, I hate to hear that," because I know I know what it's like. I've been there. I've been through it. I, I shouldn't want anybody else to go through that. And y'all, I'm gonna tell you one other side of this. If you've ever had one of those kind of sins in your life that just hangs on and it's so hard to shake, it's so hard to get rid of, you know there is a great deal of shame that comes with it. I don't care what the sin is, if it, whatever it may be, if you've got one of those that you've dealt with in your life, you know it comes with shame. Because you don't ever want somebody else to know what you have done, what you have looked like, what you've been through. You don't want people to know about that. Because you don't want somebody to think bad of you. You don't want anybody to to have a, a lowered ideal of who you are. And so if you know that, if you've been through it, and then you see another brother or sister that is struggling, you know what they're dealing with. It's not just the sin, it's the guilt and shame of the sin also that that they are carrying around that the enemy loves to use to keep you beat down. And the last thing they need is, is for somebody to judge them. They have already judged themselves. They've already come to the knowledge that this is wrong. If they're a child of God, the Holy Spirit's already worked in them. He's already convicted them. So they don't need me to do it. What they need is for me to come alongside them and say, I love you. Let me help you. Let me help you. You know this is wrong, right? They're going to say, yeah, I know. And let me help you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I love how Jesus says this. He said, quit looking at that speck. That little, that little something somebody else is dealing with. And worry about that big stuff going on in your life. When you get that straightened out, when you can see me clearly, and you know my heart, 
Then you go to your brother and your sister and say, hey, let me help you with that. Y'all want to open the altars this morning? Brother John, would you mind coming to play? Let's take a moment this morning. Everyone, just please bow your heads right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone today. And I want you to know that the last thing I want to do today is try to embarrass anybody. So I, I'm not going not gonna to do anything to do that. I don't need to. If you're here today and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and, and he's, he's reminding you of something that's not right, something that you have in your life that has distracted you away, that's gotten your attention, that not him. It's, it's caused uh, an impairment to your vision. It's distracted you from the way you ought to be going in life. It's, it's, dis, it's disrupted every aspect of your life. I want you to know that he is calling out to you today and he's saying, I still love you. I've never left. And He wants to restore you, your relationships, everything around you today, He wants to restore it. I'm not saying He wants to make it like it was. He wants to make it the way it ought to be. If that's you today, nobody looking around, I ask you to just slip your hand up this morning and we're going to pray. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to do anything. If that's you today and you're struggling with some things in your life and you need God to move on your behalf, I ask you just slip your hand up, put it right back down. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Now, while the heads are still bowed, I ask you one more thing. If you're here today, And you've got some loved ones in your life. Maybe they're in this church. Maybe they're not. You know they're struggling with some things. And God's been speaking to you through this message saying, hey, you need to, you need to check your own life before you try to check theirs. Slip your hand up today. Say, I need some help with that. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all, let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. God, you, you know the heart of every person here. You saw every hand that went up. You know the thing they're struggling with. Lord, you know the thing that they're, they, they see in their brother or sister that they want to help, but, but God, the Holy Spirit's kind of checked them on it a little bit. God, you know all these situations. But God, I also know that you are Lord over all things. So for those that today that have a, a sin, a speck, a plank, whatever it may be in their own life, God, I pray right now that, 
that your word would be fulfilled in their lives where it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So I pray today that, that who the Son has set free is free indeed, that, that that freedom that you have spoke of in your word would be played out in their life, that they would be delivered from any sort of addiction, any sort of bondage, any sort of foothold that the enemy has gotten in their life, Lord, that distracts them away from what you have for them to do. Give them strength, Father. Give them, give them a, a, a strength that allows them to, to implement discipline in their life to prevent the enemy from coming back in. Deliverance is wonderful, but discipline is also necessary. So God, I just pray that you'd move in those lives. Now those that raise their hand today, God, saying that I, I know somebody that's struggling, but I want to make sure that, that my heart is right, that I go to them in the right way. God, you, you know what the intent of their hearts is today. They wouldn't have raised their hand if they didn't want you to help. So God, I pray for a, a love and empathy, a compassion that they've never had before, that they can see things from your point of view. They can see things from the love that you have and then go to those people in the right way and be used by you to, to impact their lives, Father. God, give us a love for people we don't understand. Give us a love that just demonstrates the love of Jesus Christ to everyone around us. Lord, I have a feeling there's others today here that didn't raise their hands. No matter what side of that example they may be on, God, keep dealing with them. Lord, we don't turn them over to the enemy. We don't, we don't just reject them and discard them. We know they're yours. And so we ask that you move today, God. Lord, we pray for, we pray for conviction of sin if it's in there. We pray that they would repent and turn to you. Lord, those that, that are looking to other people, we pray that you just give them peace and, and joy and love, that they would be able to demonstrate the love of Jesus. Lord, we pray, we pray today for peace and harmony in families and in relationships. We pray that you would work in us, that we could help work in others. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.